0: Welcome to Max Volume, where we deliver loud takes at soothing decibels. I'm your host, Maxwell Lewis Sanders, and this is episode 55. For those new listeners out there, Max Volume is a podcast that worships at the altar of pop culture, a place where the silly and inane are of the utmost importance. It's a pod where we discuss heavy topics like why Mark Wahlberg wakes up at 2.30 in the morning every day, how Keanu Reeves got to be the richest living actor, and what movie has Harry Potter walking around with guns stapled to his hands, and is it worth seeing? No quote too minor, no side plot too small. This is a plot for the TV geeks and movie freaks. So welcome all weary travelers, your boredom ends here. So normally this is where I do five minutes of Seinfeld level daily observations, but today is historic ladies and gentlemen. I have for the first time in the history of max volume, a guest and it's a man near and dear to my heart. In another life, he was a party bus driver for me. I mean, that just sounds like it was a thousand years ago. His mustache has its own Instagram page. Currently, it's shaved, though, and a little sad about that. And he is currently a titan of industry, enjoying California. This is Mr. Stephen Hercules Kramer. How goes it, Kramer?
1: It goes well. That was probably the best intro I'll ever get in my life, and I'm very happy to be here today to be your first guest on the podcast, and I'm... I'm really just happy to be back at talking to you, Max. It's always one of my favorite things.
0: Well, you know, you inspired this with your little Instagram movie kind of thing that you, <laughs> you got me on. You had like a little Instagram interview with friends and I got to be the first one for you,
1: so I had to return the favor. Are you still doing uh, those? Or No, those kind of fell off. Those were uh, one of the beginning quarantine things. Sure. And it had yeah. such less structure than this that to pe- even put them in like the same realm is like, it's flattering. It's not just apples and oranges. It's like apples and bowling balls is what I've been doing and you've been doing. So that was like puzzles and bread making. It just fell by the wayside with everyone. Yeah, exactly. It was during that time where we were all doing an Instagram live. And then when we all were like, oh, we don't like hanging out with anyone. It kind of just fell away. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> Me and you just being unemployed, just enjoying
0: life. It seems like we're, we're thriving. I don't know what is in our DNA that makes us thrive during this, but you know,
1: we got it. I've never been so tan or so blonde <laughs> in my entire you life. Look so you look great. You look great. I, you know, we just got back from a vacation. We like a year and a half ago, my parents were like in July of 2020, we're going on vacation. And so we've had this like in our calendars forever and we went to the outer banks for a week. And when I came back, I was like, I think I've like fully changed into a Cali bro now. Like I'm super tan. My hair is like bleached with the sun, super blonde. And now, and I'm unemployed. So it's like just yeah, the trifecta like, of living like, in Los
0: Angeles. You're like the missing beach boy at this point. It's fantastic. I exactly. love I I love it. I, I love it. <laughs> so, I mean, I think what's keeping us so common centered is kind of this TV that we get to watch over and over and comfort food and our favorite shows that just, you know, nourish us and make us feel okay about the world in general. And what show is better about aspirations feeling good about humanity than the west wing i mean that's just that's the bread and butter of just i want to feel good about humanity it's aaron sorkin show from 1999 to 2006 there was 151 episodes over seven seasons sorkin left after f- the fourth season so the last few seasons kind of tail off but there's still some sparks in it and you, I think you suggested this as the uh, show that we wanted to do. So, what about the show kind of gravitates for you? What like what makes it so interesting for you to watch? So,
1: for me, I loved it. Even though I was very young when it was on TV, I remember my mom was obsessed with it, and I remember even watching it when I was in like middle school and like early high school, and just kind of being like, "Oh, this isn't like other shows. Like, they don't it." it kind of had that same effect that like er has where they just throw the words at you and they expect you to know about everything and it's not you know you got to keep up to understand and so the more you watch the more i kind of felt like i went and kind of was trying to figure out everything they were talking about and not only like was it this great you know drama on tv but i learned so many different things just from watching the show Yeah. Sorkin does not hold your hand. You know I mean? He's not
0: like, okay, you know, this is how it is. He throws you into the deep end. And if you, if you swim good, if you sink, whatever, he doesn't care.
1: I, yeah, I think, I think a a lot of crackheads kind of have that mindset and he's (laughs) definitely, you know, one of them. Oh, you heard him talk. It's
0: bizarre. He's got this weird stutter to his voice where he goes, uh, 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 at the beginning of everything. Cause I mean, I guess he would just stay up for days and write 200 pages of dialogue, you know, in a row. He was, he's a madman.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, he, he is gone on this record. He was legitimately smoking crack while writing the first four seasons of the West wing. And it's just like, I don't think anyone sober could have produced the show. I think it had to take just, you know, someone, those walk and talks don't just come naturally. Like oh, some, yeah. some extent- existential like thing had to come into his brain. And for him it was crack cocaine.
0: Yeah. So you know how the show came about though? He was writing the script for the American president, which would, you know, become a movie. Mm-hmm. But it was so intricate and so detailed. Normally, a script for a, like a general movie is 120 to 130 pages. Guess yeah. how many pages the American president was? I mean, it must have been probably 200 plus, easy. 420 pages. <laughs> <laughs> so, they they were like, this is great, but you're out of your mind. Let's put some of this in the TV show. And actually, the first three episodes are the American president, actually. so oh,
1: interesting. I yeah. didn't know that. I'll have to... My girlfriend hasn't, I've tried to get her to watch it. She's not against it, but every time we watch it and she's like, oh, only one episode for me, I will be up. And then, you know, it you know, two o'clock in the morning and I'm watching, you know, episode six of that season. And just be like, oh, sorry, uh, I wanted to keep going. <laughs> yeah, on the, it's a merry-go-round
0: on the way back, you know, when you rewatch again, you know what I mean? So I, yeah, she,
1: she's promised that She would like, we just finished Billions. So she said that we ooh. can do West Wing next and uh so i was like okay i will be patient this next time around which i think will be my fourth full complete watch of it so i can That's be patient a, this time.
0: billions is a good segue into uh in into the west wing actually you know you got that intelligence fast talking smartest guys in the room walk and exactly. talk kind of vibe. Yeah. like you like you ease her into it like an old person into a tub you did a good yeah. job <laughs> it's a tub with hand with handrails exactly oh yeah god i can't i can't wait to have one of those it's gonna be fun oh, but uh it, yeah so i mean we love the show it's intelligent. I think the nobility about it, you know, you have all these anti-hero shows that we love, you know, Sopranos, Breaking Bad, The Wire. You know, it's people that you hate really, but you're just fascinated by how good they are at this kind of depravity. This is making you feel like we can be good. Do you know what I mean? there's
1: a, That there could be a heaven for us. You know what I mean? This it, is America exa- at its best. Exactly. Uh, they. I mean, there are times in the show where they are very... uh Anti hero ish, they're kind of going rogue and doing their own things, but it's for the common good of the people. So, like, even if they're doing, you know, making some backhanded deal on the hill or just kind of, you know, trading favors, you still feel like, well, at the end of the day, it's because they're trying to help people and not, you know, because they're trying to sell a bunch of drugs.
0: Yeah. And justifies the means kind of is the definition of this show. You know what I mean? And they're not, they don't get too seedy there's that does any do any of them ever do anything illegal about like taking a bribe or kind of anything in the illegal realm i can't really think of anything
1: and i can't think of anything either uh i mean there's the whole cover-ups and stuff like that and trying you know sure. trying to assassinations that. and stuff yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> oh yeah the uh What's The guy
0: from... He, blew up the, he was going to try to blow up the Golden Gate Bridge, though, okay? Exactly, like, yeah. If you're going uh, to assassinate anyone, that guy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So <laughs> th-
1: that that is fine, but I, you know, a Sharif, lot of times... Sharif was they, his name. Sharif, yeah, uh, from Kumar. Yep, uh, there you go. Wow, uh, all right. And, uh, but anytime they get into any serious trouble on the show, like if their subpoena is handed out and everything, most of the time they can just plead, like, we didn't know it was happening. Like, this wasn't, you know, it's not like you know they did anything wrong they were just operating without full information and usually you know they kind of like get away with it and stuff yeah
0: no like one's got a hundred thousand dollars in a duffel bag you know no one's wiping drugs off their face you know what i mean
1: exactly well yeah but you know there are some transgressions i mean in the first uh in the pilot episode uh um with sam and everything kind of you know he sleeps with a prostitute and he doesn't necessarily he does. try to cover it up, but yeah. you know, it's not, not for necessarily... money. She
0: wanted to sleep with him yeah. because it's Rob Lowe and who doesn't oh, want to yeah. sleep with Rob Lowe. Yeah. I would, I would pay money to sleep with Rob Lowe. Oh, I pay good money to sleep with yeah. Rob Lowe. Yeah. Today too, 56 year old Rob Lowe is just fine by me. I yeah. Mean, he, the guy has an a day. So that's I... actually, that's great that we bring up the characters. Let's just go through real quick. So the cast of characters, it's the whole show is about the two terms of president
1: Josiah Bartlett, arguably the best
0: Uh, fictional president of all time would you say
1: so you think so yeah i would say so just because i mean if you look at any other fictional presidents from tv shows they're all kind of slimy and like back he's like the only one that's like oh yeah i can see by his like moral character like people getting behind him and electing him
0: yep the only ones i thought of were on the the contender jeff bridges's character was really good and also the movie Dave, where Kevin Klein plays the double of the president, is actually like a nice guy. Oh yeah, that is, that is a good one. But he's, he's not actually a good president because he doesn't know what he's doing. You know what I mean? So he's just, he's just a nice guy who got thrown into the presidency. So I think Bartlett wins. And plus his intelligence and his kindness and intensity. Yeah, I mean, what, the only strike against him is that he went to Notre Dame? Boo. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, did not like that. But uh so it's more it's more about his cabinet of characters actually you know about the people with him so we got Leo McGarry who's his chief of staff CJ Craig who's his press secretary uh Toby Ziegler uh, the communication director Sam Seaborn the deputy communication director and Josh Lyman the deputy uh uh the deputy uh, chief, of staff. chief of staff Yeah there we go and you know it's I think actually they weren't going to focus much on Bartlett, but he was just such a dynamic
1: character that they filled him out a little bit more. But yeah, feels- he originally... Uh, um, who plays Bartlett? It's, uh, Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen, that's right. I almost said Estevesque, which is his real name. Uh, Martin Sheen, he was originally just supposed to be a guest role in the pilot, and then yep. they, it went so well that they continued it through. Same with uh, uh, the First Lady, Stockard Channing, uh, um, from Grease fame.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. No, I love, I love, that's my favorite thing. When people are so good on one episode, they're like, we got to keep them. Like, you know, uh, Andy Dwyer on Parks and Rec or Jesse Pinkman in Breaking Bad. They were both do one season and everyone's like, they're too, they're too good at their job. We need to put them in there. Yeah, I love that stuff. But we wanted to focus more on the cabinet members because that's really where the story is, is the friendships and kind of the inner workings of the behind the scenes of the president.
1: So we picked our two favorite characters. Would you say that
0: our two favorite characters? I think so.
1: Uh, yeah, I think, especially in the first four seasons, the yep. the Josh and Sam relationship is really what drives the show.
0: Yeah, it's kind of, they're the what behind the ears, you know, the up-and-comers, smarter than their age. You'd say they're what, early 30-somethings, kind of? 32 yeah. to
1: 35 vibe? I, yeah, I'd say probably mid-30s. I mean, they've all, they went on to graduate school, law schools, and, you yep. know, worked in the, some, you know, they worked in, uh, the congressional office when they were first out of law school and you know then uh josh stayed around and continued working in politics when he Sam worked for the went, vice president and yeah yeah and Sam went for, the private sector. exactly same went to the private sector and then so yeah i'd say probably you know probably 35 they've probably been out of law school for about a decade by the time uh the Bartlett campaign rolls around
0: yeah it's very contrasting because Sam is a guy who looks like he's 20 I mean Rob Lowe being looking like he's 23 to 25 and Josh has that kind of disheveled older look where he looks 45 but you know he's younger so yeah, it's, exactly. it's, a, it's like the
1: absolute contrast of how you should look at your age you know what I mean it's like yeah it's, yeah <laughs> but I mean Rob Lowe could still play Soda Pop Curtis today and oh my like God. no one would bat an
0: eye. no get that saxophone out you know St. Elmo's let's do it <laughs>
1: And actually fun fact I learned uh,
0: doing the research for this Sorkin wrote uh, Josh Lyman for Bradley Whitmore, you know, specifically, but the Warner executive producer didn't think he had enough uh, comedy and enough, he wasn't handsome enough to carry the role. So after like a lot of pleading Sorkin got him a role as Sam and Bradley Whitmore never did this in his career after this. He told Aaron, he's like, listen, I am Josh. I need to be Josh. And so Sorkin pleaded with uh, the executive producers and got him to be uh, Josh. So, yeah, he's, a- said,
1: he's like, this is the one time in your career where you can be yep. like, this is me. You have to do it. Yeah, Bradley Whitford is great. He's been... He's fantastic. I mean, he, I mean, his, I sold, like, in his character in uh, Get Out before everything gets all weird, some of his lines, like when he when he has that... Uh, I would have voted for Obama for a third term. I like the first time I heard that. I was like, "Did Josh Lyman just say that?" Because like Josh, that's like very, he's like, "I I would have run Bartlett for a third term if I could." <laughs> and you can't you can't
0: forget too. He's the evil guy in uh, Billy Madison. Classic. Oh yeah, <laughs> with the weasel laugh. Oh my god. So just perfect characters. So we just wanted to talk about both of them, kind of compare and contrast, kind of do a versus. But I don't think we need to. No one has to win. You know, what I mean, I think we just want to talk about kind of breaking them down almost NFL film style against each other.
1: Exactly. Who's better in a spread offense? Who's better under, you know, right under center type of oh, thing? Oh, yeah. Like,
0: I feel like Josh would do well under Belichick. You know what I mean? Like, adaptable and, you know, just kind of very cerebral. And it seems like Sam would be more fun and gun. You know what I mean? More like Cliff Kingsbury. Let's, like, hit it kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I can see that. I could also see Josh because Josh kind of likes to go off and do his own thing, too. He kind of uh... – He could go well. He's kind of like a. uh, He's gonna be like a Patrick Mahomes type of player, where he can he can kind of play, you know, very well in a system. But if when he starts freewheeling, it's like when he's gonna make his magic, but also sometimes fall flat on his face. Yeah, I mean, God, I hate Patrick Mahomes. There, there goes. I'm a Patriots fan, so I'm very. What, what, what fan are you? Are you a Lions fan, or what I'm are a, you? I'm an NHL fr- or an NFL free agent. Uh, okay. My, when so we, I was a military brat when I was a kid, and we moved around a lot. And my dad doesn't really watch a lot of pro football. Got it. So I kind of have been like. Up in the air, I cheer for good football last year. Actually, to bring it back to Roblo, Roblo was pictured at like the AFC championship game or something like that. With the that, NFL hat, with the yeah. NFL hat on it. <laughs> I was like, I've never been more felt more seen in my life. I was like, I kind of <laughs> think I need to get that hat, and then absolutely, you do, yeah. But yeah. So, so I don't really have a dog in any fight there, but you know, the West wing, that's my favorite football team. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you the Washington, w- the Washington football team at this point.
0: Yeah. The Washington Sentinels, hopefully, I mean the replacements. So that'd be awesome. So you were talking about where you're from. Let's talk about where these guys are from and like, kind of let's give a background on each. So Sam, he's a big wig LA lawyer
1: he went to Duke law school. He's from, is it orange County? Is that right? Yeah. He's from Laguna beach. So down in, down in orange County, uh, and really, I mean, he went to Princeton. Oh, he did. Uh, Got it. I didn't have the undergrad. To, yeah, went to Princeton for undergrad. I mean, that's what uh, CJ makes fun of him Oh, for, yeah, you're right. You're and like, you're him, like my Princeton Tigers Princeton. could yeah. beat your
0: California Bears and something. Yeah. It's like, what? It's like, I don't know. Algebra? Uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: chess. <laughs> um, so it was a big leap for him, you know, leaving the West Coast and going over there. But I feel like it, you know, made him a more rounded person going to – not just an Ivy League school, but then after moving going from there down to Duke. And, you know, going down to Duke, you know, Raleigh-Durham area is very much the opposite of Laguna Beach and Princeton. So kind of like that trifecta of kind of like rearing him into the person that he is, it kind of makes a lot of sense of why he kind of is the way he is. He's very smart, but very poised, Mm -hmm. uh, but also very – giving and go and out there and i think that you know his kind of bouncing around kind of makes him a little more rounder and that it compares to josh who grew up on the east coast and went to harvard and yale yeah Westport, like,
0: connecticut you represent yeah,
1: yeah exactly like you know no. if for to put it in like u of m terms sam i feel like is a guy who would be in uh Phi and then okay, yeah. Josh is a guy who's going to be an A.E.P.I. Got it. Well, I was kicked out of F.I.S.I., so I don't
0: like that. It's appropriate that I'm on the Josh side then. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. but uh, you would have
1: thrived more in A.E.P.I.
0: <laughs> I guess so. But uh, So, I mean, I, I think that's completely true that uh, Josh seems more kind of set in his ways. He's a little more antagonistic, a little bit more arrogant. But he's. I think he also has um, – a larger capacity for love and protection, too, because they bring in the backstory in where his sister died in a fire when they were both young and he blames himself and he kind of always wants to help people close to him because he's afraid everyone's going to die. He kind of has this weird compulsory kind of protection kind of vibe. Sam's more just naturally giving. You know, what I mean, it's just more of a flow to him, more of a California relax. to him.
1: Yeah. I mean, Josh has to deal with death so much in the show. I mean, when he brings up that part about his sister. Uh, uh his dad dying uh, in the flashback episode in the beginning of season two while he's out on the trail and can't get to him and then obviously with uh, you know being shot at and almost dying himself it you know really kind of is a big theme in the character is how you know death has kind of like, affected his life
0: yeah and leo you know kind of his father figure in the end and he pushes him to be the vp and he kind of blames himself you know for putting leo's heart under the pressure and also and also donna you know in gaza getting uh his his assistant donna you know uh getting blown up
1: is that the word Yeah. yeah yeah i guess she i mean she was in the car with fitz and the other generals when an ied went off so i mean blown up is yeah i mean she I think she broke a handful of bones and then. She everything. survives, everyone, just in yeah, case. She,
0: yeah, she, yeah. <laughs> Spoiler so, alert. <laughs> yeah.
1: So before we get into deep, let's
0: get into the superfluous first, the fun stuff. Let's talk about looks. You know what I mean? So I'll give you Sam first. I mean, what do you got to say? I mean, can, I mean, what can be said? <laughs> I, mean,
1: I mean, Sam is so good looking that yeah. he slept with a prostitute and she didn't make him pay. Like, do you have to say anything else about him? A $3,000 like, an evening yeah uh, call girl too yeah so. a call girl that makes so much money she can put herself through law school and not have to go at nights like that—that yeah. that is a very well-to-do call girl like he's he's so good looking that i think it he gets away with things because of it but like they don't, they don't play it up on the show that much you know what i mean it's not like
0: it, his chris trager kind of he bats his eyes where like things yeah or do- doors open for him it seems like in the political sphere it's almost against you because everyone's kind of not that good looking
1: and doesn't care. They're
0: more oh, about, yeah. yeah, they're,
1: they're the, they're the jaded ones because they actually had to, you know, be smart and get ahead in life. And, you know, he is smart and good looking where it's just like, dude, have you had any problems? Like, come on. So what, was it a hindrance for him? You think in DC, do you know what I mean? I you think I, I don't know if it was a hindrance. You can't really say it was a hindrance for him in D.C. because you know he rose to the level of deputy communications director, and you know that's not just going to be given to him for his smile. But uh, there are times where uh, I think, like with Leo's daughter, like yep. I think one of Sam's biggest gaffes ever was uh, when Leo's daughter like came and he like spilled everything. But eventually, Mallory kind of has a crush on him and kind of likes him a lot. And so I don't think that like his, you know, she would have, you know, given him some of the passes that he got away with and everything if he hadn't been that charming, you know, good looking Sam Seaborn. Get lost in his eyes. But exactly. I think think
0: Josh isn't that bad looking either. What do you think? Because he has this charmingly 90s hairline that spiked, frizzled, you know, all the way back, but
1: spiked up yeah it's it goes every wish way but seems to have an order to it and he's not like shrimpy and he's not like schlubby he's no he's got a little bit of mass to
0: him he's got a baseball players look you you know know?
1: and he's uh he's got like you know some bulk to him i mean there's that scene in i think it's the sixth season where he punches toby in the face like yeah you know it's not like he's just some you know nerdy wimpy guy like No, when they're playing basketball and he's in a tank top, I mean, there's some definition
0: to his arms. He's got a little horseshoe on the triceps, you know? I
1: think the only thing against him is that he seems kind of short. And, I mean, I apologize to any vertically challenged people, but, like, if you're comparing Rob Lowe to him, like, it's, it's it's kind of tough. Like, it's hard to say that, you know, Bradley Whitford is good looking when you're comparing him to Rob Lowe true
0: he does have that cute smile though you know it's like that very frat boy mischief like that guy yeah. who gets busted for selling weed at harvard but his dad is a senator and gets out of it he still has that smarminess
1: to yeah him. he uh he has the look to him that was like yeah i was in the secret society i didn't yeah. chug beers he, I did he was in the skulls with joshua
0: with joshua jackson and uh paul walker yeah that, movie, that movie's great i want to talk to you about that movie in one day Remember that, was- that movie, oh so much fun Okay, so I think we're, we're established. I mean, Sam Roblo can't be touched, but Josh gives it a valiant effort. You know, I mean, he's he's giving the one versus sixteen in the in the tournament. You know, kind I mean, of. he
1: he gets Donna at the end, and I think Donna's pretty hot. So. Donna's fantastic. I mean, we'll talk. I I have a whole
0: thing about their love life, so let's not get too much into okay, it. Yet. sounds good. <laughs> so we got the intelligence now. So who's got the bigger brain pan? And you know, it's funny if you look online, you can find there's argument after argument or like a breakdown of. maybe the eight to ten central characters about who's smarter than who and who complements who in a certain way. It's like this big, brainy Reddit discussion that's still going on today.
1: So I think that uh, Josh probably has a bigger brain and knows more, but I think Sam might be smarter. And that's because Josh will get – let his what he knows and like have to prove that he's the smartest guy in the he room t- he attacks it like a steak like he's exactly. like exactly yeah yeah and and, and, it, and it's just like he a lot of times has to be the smartest guy in the room and a lot of times the smartest guy in the room is and like is going to be the guy who isn't saying anything and like there are times when sam lets everyone talk and when he needs to make his voice heard he makes it heard and he's i mean there's a scene where I think they're talking, I think it's in uh, season two when the MS stuff is coming out and they were like, you know, well, we need to get lawyers, we need to get counsel. And Sam's like, we don't need to get lawyers. We're all lawyers. Yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of statement right there is just like, look, getting more people involved isn't going to do this. And like, I think it's Josh that's like, we need White House counsel, we need this. And it's just like, why? We are just as capable, like we can do this. And I think getting like knowing that you are just as capable, like, you know, is like half the battle. Like always wanting to reach up, kind of is like might be assigned a sign of weakness in that kind of a realm. Where like Josh is gonna always go to protocol, and Sam's like, "Why? We can fix it right here ourselves."
0: Yeah, Josh even brings up in college when he's talking to Amy, uh, one of his girlfriends in the show, that he wasn't the smartest guy. So to be in the room, he had to study harder and just know everything more. So he's got this almost—it's the chip on his shoulder. It's the Aaron yeah. Rodgers, no one—it's the Tom Brady. Do you know what I mean? It's like. I'm going to will myself to greatness and I never feel like I'm accomplishing anything even when I am. Oh yeah, absolutely. Cause, it's, cause, you know, yeah. Cause Sam has, I don't know if you've known this, this kind of comes up a lot. He has this weird GPS knowledge of geography. Like when a plane's over a certain area, he knows all the roads, landmarks and famous spots or like how far they are from the coast or something like that. Or when they're driving, he knows all the roads or the quickest way to DC from New York. And it like comes up naturally and everyone looks at him like he's a rain man. Remember that? Yeah. So, I mean, he definitely has that more innate, more natural knowledge. But it's interesting that uh, when Sam has to do Josh's job for a day, when Josh is stuck in, I think it's in America for 20 hours, those two episodes.
1: Yeah.
0: And Sam's like, dear God, I I can't imagine how Josh does this. You know, I mean, he he says, like, during the whole day, he had one good moment and it was a golf shot. You know, I mean, it was just like that satisfying. But he wasn't ready for it because he was writing speeches and preparing. But I think on the fly, I think Josh trained himself. It's that muscle memory, 10,000 hours getting worked up. I think if Sam put in the work that Josh did, you know, and eventually did it, I think he'd supersede Josh, but you know, Josh put those hours into the, into the gym at 4am.
1: Oh yeah. I I think that goes back to when Sam leaves for the left, for the private sector back, you know, even before the show started, you know, their backstory and everything. And Josh stayed in politics. He's going to be better in politics. Uh, just because he has those reps. But, you know, like, uh, they're both so incredibly smart that, you know, sometimes, sometimes being smart and being, you know, in your realm, you're going to kind of get in your own way. Whereas if you're smart and you're kind of getting back into the realm, you're going to let everyone talk. And then when you need to be smart, you're going to be smart.
0: Got it. So I think we're, we're talking basically a Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, both excellent different ways they got there
1: yeah exactly so that's a i say it's a dead split i say we're close you know what i mean yeah i don't think you can say who's smarter than who in this one and although josh does like to remind everyone that he got a 760 on his sat (laughs) so you know
0: yeah uh i love by the way that's the best uh, mic drop ever that uh president bartlett got 800 780 and he took it again to see what the (laughs) one question wrong was And Leo's Uh, like, what is wrong with you? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Leo's just like, you got a 780 and you took the test again.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, I still don't know what that question was. It's like, you have a different brain than us, sir. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So, and this brings us up too, this is more the applicable part, like the passion and aptitude for excelling at their jobs. Who do you think does a better job at what they do? Because, I mean, there are different fields, but like, and I think- I think Sam is in more of a creative field, so it's more tugging on the heartstrings than it is actual, you know, the nitty-gritty of moving Congress one way or another. So I
1: I think it's a little hard to compare, but let's give it a try. It is a little hard to compare. I feel like... So Sam cares so much about the message and the speech Mm -hmm. writing, and that's what really him and Toby are involved in. But he also does get involved in, uh, like domestic issues and things like that takes meetings with people and is you know an advisor to the president but his main focus is that speech writing and there are times where he is just beating himself up over it oh yeah like the the second season the birthday message is that what you're gonna bring up or the the birthday message or uh the in the second season the portland trip the the whole episode that takes place on air force one where he makes uh uh cj go and get all of his like writing back and everything for yeah because he doesn't want anyone to see the non-finished product yeah yeah, it's just he took a big whiff on it and he is just so scared that people are gonna associate his writing with that and i think you know i think that he while he is really great he's gonna he has a lot of those flubs whereas Josh knows his marching orders and nine times out of 10 stays inside those marching orders. And when he goes outside the orders, it's not a flub. It's because he sees a move that could be made that isn't being made.
0: Yeah, and he does have an interesting uh, eye for talent too. If you think about it, he hired Charlie because he knew he was special. He hired Janine Garofalo's Lou as a communication director for Santos, even though like they really butted heads, but he knew she was brilliant. And he found Santos, kind of who was going to leave Congress and ended up making him the uh, kind of unexpected presidential, you know, winner. So, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think he has a knack. He's born into politics, you know what I mean? He feels like one of those guys who's fifth generation. Like, I think his family, you know, came over on the Mayflower kind of thing. You
1: know? Oh, yeah. And that, and I think the other factor of having Leo in the White House and Leo being an old friend of Josh's dad yeah. and really getting him into the the campaign – And Leo sticking up for Josh as much as he did, like in that scene where Josh is, you know, dealing with his PTSD everything after the shooting and Leo goes, As long as I got you, you got a job and it's just like I think that Josh that relationship is more important to anything is just that I will do anything for Leo and I'm going to be good at my job because Leo believes in me type yeah, of thing. He's been ingratiated.
0: It's like when you see those kids that can surf when they're four years old because their uncle took them out all the time, you're yeah. like, okay, you were meant to do this. Josh has that vibe to him where, you know, Leo was coming over and like rubbing his head and telling him about every president, you know, and their runs. While Sam seems like he's from just kind of a normal wealthy kind of screwed up family from orange county i know his dad that we find out later cheats on his mom but they're like they patch it up kind of thing is that that's the yeah. we don't really get it we don't get a real insight into sam but it doesn't seem like he was born into this it's almost he had to do it himself
1: yeah i think it's uh sam could have done anything in the world josh could do politics and yes, yep, yeah absolutely one was you know
0: laser focused an inch deep mile wide is sam you know he could do anything yeah exactly cool so now let's talk about something more fun: their love lives. So this is an interesting comparison because they both they both have some serious flubs. Uh, so I mean, we'll start with Josh. So Josh uh, was dating Mandy before the show started, and it just seems like two maniacs pulling each other's hair out. You know, what I mean, it just seemed like it seemed like a bad match for both of them. I don't know how they ever even got together. Do you?
1: I I have no idea. I think <laughs> it's you know that like i'm the popular guy you're the popular girl in our field so we have to it's almost like when uh like superstar athletes or like you know big musicians are like well i should date this person because they're also big in the field and it's just like that never works but why (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: It's like, I get you want to stare at yourself naked in the mirror, but in in female form or, you know, the opposite form, but it never works out. It never does. You'd
1: you'd think that at a certain age, people would realize that just like, oh, you're hot. I'm hot. is not the reason to date. No, like look at Keanu Reeves. He's just dating this
0: cool artist. And it's like, see, it seems like he's having a great time. I mean, we should just look to Keanu Reeves for everything. I don't disagree. (laughs) Yeah. Like he should just write a Bible. And, you know, that's the new religion of America. But uh, so him and Mandy obviously didn't work. He had this kind of cutesy crush on Joey Lucas, the deaf. Uh... Yeah,
1: Marley Matlin. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that's who it was. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Marley Matlin plays Joey Lucas,
0: and she was a deaf. Uh, what was her job? She was a. She
1: of... is a like a s- strategist. She does all the polling out. Polling in the expert. Field and she's a pollster. Yeah, she's there a pollster.
0: Yeah. So he had a kind of cute thing with her, and you know it was kind of fun to see her communicate through kenny as a interpreter you know like you got a cute butt but it's coming out of a guy's mouth it's kind of funny
1: that was the (laughs) the using of her in that role (laughs) is it it was some of the best comedy in that show because there would always be like she would shout something out like i I think you know he he got upset because she was like dating a congressman or something like that and then like a couple seasons later like she signed something to Kenny just, she's like, I'm not sleeping with Bob anymore. And she's, and Josh is just like, I hope that's you saying that and not. (laughs) Or when she really didn't like something she just go. Like, Oh yeah. Just the thumbs down.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like, you're talking to the president and she's like, you know, just doing a four year old kind of thing. I loved it. Yeah. So kind of sad they never got together. I thought, I mean, I think the show did a good job of kind of delaying relationships and not making it a focal point. So because everyone was already so close and they almost had this couple kind of bond to each other that it wasn't necessary to kind of add the love element. You know what I mean? The ho- at home part. Cause they they were rarely
1: home. They were sleeping exactly. for two, three I hours it, a night. I think it's got to perfectly mimic what working in the white house is like where you don't really yep. have time for a social life. And you know, the only people that you'll probably be interested in are other people in politics that you see a lot. Yeah. I mean, I Speaking of that, I mean, Amy Gardner, who he dated for a little bit,
0: that was, I mean, that was an intense, she was, she's great. That's Mary Louise Parker, right?
1: Yeah, I love her. She was, had always been one of my favorite characters. And when, when she pops up, even after, you know, she works on what, the second campaign with them. Yeah, she does, and, and her, then, leg, her legs and, go all the way to the ground. Oh yeah, if, and yeah. then <laughs> and then she comes back in the sixth season, a second, and Josh just can't handle her coming into his campaign. And I think you know, it has everything to do with their failed relationship and him needing everything to be in his control a little bit. And it's just kind of when he blows up at her, I'm like, no. Yeah. We don't get more of Mary Louise Parker in this show. God damn it, Josh. Why did you mess this up for all of us? Oh,
0: and she was just such an alpha too. I mean, like when they were butting heads against, she worked for a women's rights group. And like when yeah. he was, she was fighting for something, she would cut his phone line with scissors. You know what I mean? And then like throw his cell phone away. And just, you know what I mean?
1: She was just ruthless. She was great. There's that, there's a great scene where it's her, and CJ and the first lady. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah, Donna. Yeah. And they're just yeah. up in the residency, just getting hammered together and just like kind of all saying off the cuff stuff. And then Donna says something a little too real. And we're just freezing pause. And they're just like, oh boy, there's the line. There it is. Yeah. And finally, we
0: have Josh's, you know, yin to his yang. We have Donna Tella Moss, who Don was Stella. his. Oh, such a great name. But I mean, she was his secretary and. Kind of interesting, like by season three or four, you realize that he was holding her down because she was so good at her job that he d- d- couldn't find anyone who would be as good for him. So he never really gave her the room to grow. And I think that was smart. that They didn't really put them together. So it wasn't like he would hold their love or their relationship over it. it and that allowed her to, to say, you know, I need to go out on my own and do my own thing and kind of develop as a full fledged political entity, which he does
1: which he does yeah and i think it would have been tough too because i i'm sure that you know dating your boss in the white house probably isn't gauche uh yeah probably not (laughs) no uh and or just kosher at all and so uh it's good like they have that scene obviously after the uh the attack that she's in in gaza where he like goes to the hospital and her like you know photographer beau that she met overseas is there but when she comes out of surgery or when she's about to go into surgery and she's really scared Mm -hmm. she asks for josh instead of him and it's just like oh yeah there is so much to this relationship that like you know at, at a certain point like you i mean you see it in the flirting and everything but like there's a certain point where it's like oh these two people care about each other so much yeah, that, it's like, I think it's like how could you even top that? Like if they got together, it'd almost be a letdown that you know. What I mean, that the tension
0: wasn't there in the same way, you know.
1: That and uh, it's when uh, it just builds up that when she leaves to go work on the vice president's Bob campaign, Russell. it is just such a stab to him. Yeah, and I think that makes him, uh, you know, need to go and leave the White House and, you know, do his Matt Santos campaign because he he just can't operate in that realm without her. And then when she shows up after he wins. Oh, it's so you know, brutal. Oh, my God. I Because I won. I won. She's, she's,
0: she's, like, she's like, why can't you give me a job? He goes, I won. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. He's just He has to be the smarmy six-year-old. You know what I mean? Exactly. Un- unbelievable. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's... So what do you it, that, think, the bigger, the bigger will-they-won't-they they of the series, is it them or is it CJ and Danny?
1: Oh, I felt like, I felt like CJ and Danny were, I mean, they do the little flashback thing or flash-forward thing at the end of season seven, or yep. the beginning of season seven. But I thought the entire time it was just like, the moment that CJ is not the press secretary anymore they're gonna get together got it okay so it
0: seemed more rocky kind of terrain for donna and josh
1: oh yeah i mean donna and josh it was there was the power struggle there was the you know uh the them like leaving each other and everything and just both i mean josh doesn't know how to not screw things like not you know, put his relationship out for the sake of his job. I mean I mean his job is, you know, helping run the country, you know, so to speak. And so it's good to see that people of that type of power can, you know, uh always divert to the greater good, but it kinda at a certain point was like At some point you gotta put your love life out there. You know what I mean? Yeah, you like gotta you, try. You're, you're gonna yeah. you're gonna die alone if every time you need to, you know, sad Josh line him and, him
0: and his little uh, Swiss army backpack.
1: Yeah, it's it's
0: Leo stuff the ex wife. Yeah, he was too old for that backpack by the way. Oh that god, he, yeah. and <laughs> <that> he carried <laughs> it all the time. I was like, "What are you doing, man? Like yeah. get a briefcase." Like, yeah. why
1: you, like why are you carrying a Jansport backpack right? Yeah, now? this isn't like and it was always over one shoulder, too. It's like yeah. this Have isn't you ever the first time backpack over one shoulder. It's, it's the, the, the most worst. uncomfortable it's the worst. Yeah. You could like tear rotator cuff,
0: man. It's not a good it's not a good thing to do, but
1: backpack over the shoulder thumb in the pocket (laughs) this is this is how i demonstrate i'm cool and he always had the worst sunglasses too oh my god i was literally about to say that like (laughs) we
0: could do a whole podcast on just how bad his sunglasses were okay so we definitely agree that sam wins style wise so (laughs) so let's talk about let's talk about sam's love life too
1: so i I think you can really only talk about two semi-relationships that i mean we'll we'll open up with when he was supposed to when he was working at gage whitney in new york before joining the bartlett campaign he was engaged to be married lisa sherborne seaborn uh, Seaburn, Sherborn. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <And laughs> who was a vanity
0: fair writer right
1: yeah something like that and yeah she was and so they don't get married and he goes off to the campaign you know i guess if you call off your engagement before the thing happens that's kind of you know admirable instead of you know getting married dragging out and getting divorced so you have to give him some points there but
0: that was the josh of,
1: lyman kind of vibe like put the job first you know i can't yeah be with that you. that was yeah. a very it was a very josh move uh it and felt. josh was the one that convinced him to do it really so True, yeah you can see that yeah but then really his only two re- relationships women wise i feel like in the show are with uh with the call girl in the beginning what was her name Lori. 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 that's yeah. it um and even right after you know the uh initial like they you know having sex and everything and they it kind of stops being a physical relationship and he almost it seems like cares more about her in like a a mentory almost like big brother kind of way yeah it is a
0: little strange i i kind of wondered to did i mean i know i mean these guys are smart and just uh you know noble the whole call girl thing didn't seem to bother him as much as I thought it would be. Did, did that bother? Did that seem weird to you too? That he didn't realize it was as big a deal, publicity-wise, in the late '90s, early 2000s. That someone so high up in the near the president was talking to a call girl. Like he should have understood a little bit more that that was a ridiculous I, thing to ask at the
1: I, point. I, I almost feel like because it was before. uh, Who is the guy in New York? Uh, Weiner, anthony Weiner? no not anthony Weiner. before that uh god i can't remember his name right now uh but he he was like the first big political guy to get caught in like a, a sting like that sure and so i don't know if like yes in the 90s they had the bill clinton thing but i don't mm. think that there were anything that was just like oh you know he's with the hooker. And, no, and no, really- I, yeah. I, I, just
0: thought they were so they cared so much about the job and sacrificed so much. I think they wouldn't risk that all for something that's tabloidy to kind of topple all the good work they were doing. Do you know yeah, what I mean?
1: I agree. It felt I a agree. little forced to
0: me. Although, do you know? I guess he married her in the end. You know that? Really? Because remember, he goes. I mean, I looked at some message boards. So when when Josh goes to get Sam again from the law firm, he's like, "I got engaged. I'm getting married." And he's like. I I don't think she wants to come to D.C. It's like, well, she can pass the bar there, too. So she's a lawyer. There's an implication that it's Lori. You
1: know what I mean? Maybe. I can see that. They did have a really good relationship. But it did get really kind of odd for a while, uh, you know, when he became her mentor, kind of, or like big brother-ish. And it was like, okay, I'm not saying don't befriend uh, a call girl because, you know, I'm sure she's a great person yeah, I'm, not she seemed nice. judge. I'm not gonna judge someone off of the decisions they make on that but it's like this is now a call girl that you slept with that you are trying to just be their guiding light in the world and it kind of seemed a little just weird just kind of yeah. odd you know and
0: i have a weird association with that actress too she's the awful date from that along came polly movie remember that Oh she, yeah, she, she is. Wants ben, she wants Ben Stiller to punch her in the stomach because she's got good abs, and you know, I mean, like What's her I, name. Her
1: name's like Lisa something. It's something
0: terrible, and her hair's yeah. all frizzy, and she's just her Jewish Long Islandness is coming out a little bit harder. So it's. I saw her as that first, and I just can never see her as this noble, you know, well, smart Lori.
1: <laughs> it seems. It seems very odd because she shows up at the the White House party with like a congressman, and I don't like. I don't know very much about the call girl world, but I, you know, even as a Congressman, I don't think that you bring one to a party at the white house. Seems a little strange. And like, yeah. and like, it's she was like i didn't know that you would be here and it's like he works at the white house like what do you mean he, you didn't know like you're Although, going to. one thing i think it wasn't a
0: congressman it was a midwestern donor who wanted oh yeah that was it you're okay? right because i was like a congressman you're right that would be insane <laughs> you're right <laughs> it's like where's but your it wife mid- it's like eh, i left her at home it's fine yeah worry, <laughs> but
1: and it's just also it's weird of her to accept to go to that like yes it's business and she was probably you know paid handsomely for it but like come on that's just a, a weird like you're not gonna you're not gonna go to a you know a sorority formal of the sorority that your ex was in like that's just like you're that's just mean and like yeah. you, you know going into their turf and then also don't be surprised when they don't act favorably to you being there yeah i'm gonna be upset exactly and no, then
0: and then, and then after that i think yeah,
1: the, yeah and then mallory and yeah. uh his i mean his introduction to mallory I'm is, funny, yeah. is one of the greatest you know <laughs> can you tell me which one of them is leo mcgarry's kid why does that matter look lady i'm having a really bad day i just <laughs> found out that i slept with a prostitute last night if you could tell me i'm leo mcgarry's daughter ah, it's like leo's leo Mag- daughter's third grade class
0: <laughs> yeah just the teacher it's like oh my god
1: Who's was the actress, by
0: the way? I liked her. I've never I liked seen her. her a lot. I don't I, know. Do you see her
1: in anything ever again? I don't um, think so, but I like her a lot. Uh, one of the
0: few women who can pull off that kind of Helen Mirren kind of crown of hair at a young yeah. age.
1: and it's red, too. And it's so, red, yeah. She's, yeah. I mean,
0: she is a red, and she's a good, I mean, I like their chemistry. They had a kind of a fun back and forth, like yeah, when she was dating I, the hockey player and he was upset.
1: He was oh, making yeah. Fun of,
0: he he's making fun of the guy's stats. I thought that was I, really
1: good. I loved that. And yeah. then... uh And then when she kind of, you know, puts it all aside and asks him to go to like the Kennedy Center with her, it's like Chinese opera. Chinese opera, that was it. And (laughs) Uh, it's kind of like, oh, okay. Like she obviously has a little bit of a crush on him and like knows that he's going to at least look good in a tuxedo going somewhere. And it's kind of like, they have a very fun, playful relationship, but obviously because of Leo, you know, nothing could ever happen. There. Well, only, Char- I- only Charlie's that bold to, yeah. you know. Well, I think they did a good job actually, now
0: that we're talking about it. Cause I, I- I initially thought I wanted more Mallory. I think they use the right amount of her that we want more of her and wonder what happened to her. Do you know what I mean? I like, agree. They use her in good... She's like the John Ralphio. You know what I mean? They use their like couple minutes an episode and you're just like, oh, I want more of that. And then, you know, leave you wanting something more. Yeah. So, so kind of crazy. I guess Josh... I would say Josh wins the uh, relationship battle, which is crazy because he's like emotionally stunted 12 year old when it comes to relationships. But seems like he's... I, I like his dating record a little bit more. I'd want to, if I could trade places with one of them when it comes to relationships, I'd go Josh.
1: Yeah, relationship-wise, yeah, but we we don't see the off-screen conquests that you know Sam Seaborn must have had being just as good-looking as he was.
0: True, true. Yeah. So, yeah, for another time. We'll, ask, we'll get Rob Lowe. When I get really famous, I get to bring Rob Lowe on. And you get to ask him what his character write-up background on Sam off-screen was. Was he just just starting with uh, interns?
1: (laughs) Sam Seaborn, he marries Ann Perkins and everything uh, is happily ever after. (laughs) Yeah, there we go. Okay, now on to biggest mistakes, biggest gaffes.
0: Because I think it's kind of fun. I've done this before in the shower. If you're bored in the shower and you want something to think about, go character by character on the West Wing and say, like, biggest mistake that each character has. Because they give each one a huge one. You know what I mean? No one's oh, yeah. left No one's left pristine after this. So let's start with Sam. What did you think was his giant kind of, you know, Hiroshima of a mistake during the during the uh, run of the series?
1: Honestly, it, it might be controversial to say, but I think the whole taking over the congressional campaign for the dead guy, I think it was kind of... Yeah. I mean, A, it killed his character because he obviously doesn't come back until that small stint in the seventh season in the end. But it kind of... It almost seems like it was uh, him being too noble, yeah. Just needing to—I think that is like it plays into him moving around a lot and getting a lot of disparate, you know, things. It's kind of almost—I feel like—a southern thing that he might have picked up at Duke, where he's like, "Well, someone needs to do it, and it's an honorable thing, so I'll be the The honorable honorable gentleman." Yeah, you know, the southern gentleman of like. I will stand in his place for your family type of thing. Yeah, it
0: It screws his future political career up. I mean, Bartlett basically gives him the wink that you're going to be a president one day. You're going to run for it, you know what I mean, when they're playing chess. I mean, so he's like tax. I mean, I think that's the unique thing that he's the one person out of all these people that has that kind of comforting JFK-looking vibe that he could be president. I don't think anyone else on the show who isn't, uh, you know, President Bartlett could be, you envision as being president.
1: Agreed. Agreed. And there's that after the shooting and everything, when he pulls CJ down and he has her necklace, he doesn't give it back right away because he, you know, he didn't want her to feel beholden to him. And it's like, you know, he has this kind of like honorable, like, I want to do the right thing for the good of the people but not necessarily like plays it all through and is like what how is this gonna affect me at the end of the day or like even when he's helping Laurie out and stuff like that he's doing something honorable that could end up you know and eventually the pictures are taken of them and you know bites him in the ass so uh, I,
0: th- I i think interestingly i think his job affects how he thinks about the world
1: because he's writing these
0: big grandiose speeches about the nobility of america i think because I mean, you know when he writes these words, the President ends up orating them in just this unbelievable fashion. I think that kind of seeks, soaks into his DNA and almost kind of gives him the wrong idea of what reality is. you know he's almost got this rose-colored glasses idea because he has to write these big words and important ideas all the time.
1: Oh, yeah, he's pontificating and Ooh, good he, word, pontificating. And, and is just you know a lot of times he's. On a soapbox, dying for a cause, kind of really putting everything out there. Big into and, the environment, exa- all that especially stuff. you know, especially coming around whenever they have to write, you know, a State of the Union and stuff like that, or you know, when they're writing the education thing. And he really runs with you know, sending uh, the idea that Charlie has of send teachers to college for free, like we do, you know, the government or with we do military and stuff like that and kind of turning the education into, like, you know, a state-run thing. And he kind of just really gets behind these things and does not like having to shelve them. Yeah, exactly. He's very much like, we're here, we need to do as much good as possible, and sometimes sometimes we'll get in his own way trying to just do too much good. Yeah, he doesn't doesn't like being told what to do. Like,
0: I think the one that, that comes out to me is his lunch meeting with the Republican Kevin Kahn, when he gave the negative Bartlett ad to them, cause he thought like they were just having a friendly lunch meeting. but Con oh, yeah. Khan links it to the media. And then Bruno shows him that they get free media cycles of this, you know, over and over. And he just looks into the camera and goes, Oh no. <laughs> you know oh, what I mean? No. Yeah. I, and I love to, uh, Leo has the best summation of it. He's like, you know, you got to respect Sam. It's like when he messes up; I mean, it's full tilt. It's like he ran into a wall, and there's a giant Sam Seaborn, you know, hole in the wall. <laughs> yeah. I was like, "That's a great analogy for how you know Sam's doing
1: it 200 miles an hour all the time." So yeah, so when, when he yeah. when he makes a mistake, only Sam can make that mistake. Everyone yep. else would be like sidestep it very quickly. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean the the true believerness in him. I think Josh Moore has it's the more Josh Josh's four goals are more about when he gets angry or he lets his temper get the best of him. Like when he bullies the democratic Senator from, I think Idaho or Montana. Remember? Oh yeah. When he defects. Yeah. The guy, he, he like, he wanted a military project in his uh, state. Josh is like, screw you. And the guy ended up defecting to be a Republican. And he basically gets put on the second tier for a couple episodes. You know what I mean? Like he just, he underestimates kind of how pushing people can blow up in his face
1: that and yeah and he gets so headstrong and steadfast in his things and doesn't really like he takes on too much and really doesn't like delegating you can see that a lot and then that really boils up in his like ptsd episodes when he you know uh, breaks the window in his apartment. Starts shouting in the Oval Office at mm-hmm. uh, you know the the president. I, 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 yeah, at the president. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I can't help you if you're not listening to me. You need to listen to me. You have to listen. It's just it's like okay. Tough. No like, one, no one does that. <laughs> and yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to fault the guy for you know having PTSD after being shot. You know, and having a decast de- de- lung and having to go through hours of surgery. But like, it kind of started before that, where he kind of takes on too much and thinks you know because he's the smartest guy in the room that only he can accomplish the task oh yeah like five votes down when he bullies all the you know congressmen in different
0: ways or uh what's it called when he physically attacks an investigator who's prying into leo's past life pill problem remember he like pushes him against the wall i mean he's just quick to snap and also it's i mean watching him when he fails it's like You popped a balloon. It's unbelievable. Like when Bruno tells him that he went too early for attacking the tobacco lobby because he could have sealed the second term for Bartlett if they waited for it. And Bruno just crushes him. I mean, he just shatters into a thousand. He does not deal with failure very well. You know what I mean? I mean, Sam, I think, gets it back on the horse and at least tries to put things back together in a reasonable way. Josh looks like a broken man, you know, for an episode or two
1: yeah he he has that like i'm wearing the same suit for a couple days yeah like, <laughs> just like there's this glaze on his face that like not even a strong cup of coffee can like make flinch like it's he hasn't combed his mm, spiky hair you know what i mean yeah it, yeah it it it's absolutely and i think you know that final Donna leaving and everything kind of deflated him so much to the point where he's like, I have to leave this place. Like this, this, the white house, I think for a while, especially in the second term was kind of like killing him because he, he just like was dealing with too much. And especially after Sam left and he didn't really get along. I mean, they got along, but like, Will is such an outsider to them when he comes in that I don't think he's ever really, fully appreciated as part of the team even though he is just as smart and capable and you know smarter than a lot of people in a lot of realms but like josh couldn't accept him and needed to just you know work around him a lot of times
0: yeah i mean the i mean the greatest the greatest enemy of all these guys seems to be themselves you know it's these internal battles with you know you're greater demons and angels, basically. Absolutely. But, so let's talk about the victory. Let's talk about the wins they got. So I mean, what do you think the biggest wins for both of them were over, over the course of the seasons? I mean, for Sam, the first thing I thought of was after the Kent State pipe bombing explosion, the speech that he gave the president where they're playing that great like acoustic music. And I think Mallory kisses him after it because she liked it so much. Maybe that's why I like it. But for, <laughs> some, for some reason, that speech kind of just sticks to my brain
1: i really like that um i think there is uh the scene that kind of sets sam from the rest and like makes everyone realize that why he was hired That when they have the 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 nasa uh the mercury five i think is what it was and they lose it and sam had to like write a speech for the president not only does not only do they have the NASA guy there who like wrote some remarks and it's just bad, but Sam just off the cuff is just like, Oh, it's like bad writing. Yeah. 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 It's just like, this is what you need to say. And like goes to it. And then I, I liked, when he, one, I, liked
0: what, I liked when he helped this college professor with the super collider when he went against the Senator to like, for the greater good of science. I thought that oh, was neat. Yeah. yeah.
1: I think the, I think that, it's hard to say just sam wins because sam and toby are very much interconnected Mm -hmm. in a lot of the things especially because obviously sam is toby's deputy but i think that a lot of uh a lot of sam's wins uh just come in those moments where that they gloss over for a while it isn't a big win like like sure. I think Josh is, yeah. yeah exactly. I think Josh's big win is like when they got uh, Supreme Court guys on the absolutely bench and yeah, stuff this, like yeah, that. Yeah. Those are the biggest wins for him, and because they're so monumental, and you can be like, oh wow, they put you know X Y Z people on the bench compared to Sam, who is just going to be like, Sam's words got the president reelected. Like, that's huge. Like, he's a speechwriter. He's the guy that crafts the message that, you know, is the tone of the presidency. And so I think just winning and then winning again are the biggest accomplishments. But it's hard to say, you know, that is Sam's biggest accomplishment. It's not, you know. Yeah, Josh actually has a
0: scoreboard. That's the thing. You know, it's like, do do they win the vote? Or does this person get put on? Will Matt Santos be elected president? You know, I mean, it's all these very tangible things. I think Sam, it's more of a simmer. You know, he's making a soup. You know, exactly,
1: kind of exactly. He he's braising something whereas, mm-hmm. you know, uh Josh is grilling things. Yeah. I mean, you're the cooking expert too. <laughs> My god. So, uh here's the big question.
0: Who would make the better president? I think Sam would make the better Yeah, president. I mean, it's not even an argument because can you imagine someone voting Josh into pre- like he's wearing the same suit 6 days in a row and he's oh, like, yeah. he's yelling at reporters. And I mean, I guess our president now yells at reporters. But I mean, yeah. but I mean, back then it seemed implausible that someone so high strung and kind of emotional and snarky would win yeah. the presidency. Maybe in 2020, Josh might be an okay presidential. I mean, uh, candidate. Now that I think about, but 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 back then, absolutely. Sam's the soft spoken, you know, intelligent you know, the Reagan-esque kind of guy.
1: Oh, yeah. He has the presidential voice and yeah. is very poised and, you know, is good-looking and kind of just has this, uh, just, you know, aura around him that is like, I, I'm a pillar that you can build upon and stuff like that. Whereas Josh... Josh he's, the guy, would, he's the guy behind
0: the guy, you know what I mean? Josh, like, yeah,
1: Josh is going to have the better original ideas of what to do with the country, but because he's not the most liked person... Yeah,
0: remember when he gets on as press secretary one day and just implodes, like, completely? <laughs> like, CJ's like, I can't believe I'm watching this. When oh, C- yeah. Oh, when my CJ God. CJ had uh, dental surgery, I think it
1: was, or something that, like that. That is, that is one of the best, and that I... I love that he's just like ripping on people and he's like, I'm the smartest, funniest person here. And everyone's like, actually, you're horrible. Yeah. <laughs> you, I mean,
0: yeah, I don't think you would. I mean, you don't want to follow the guy. You know what I mean? You want his advice in a back room. You want him in the uh, panic room or what's the room? The situation room. Yeah. The you, situation room. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could be panicking in the situation room. I mean, him. I think they'd probably panic <laughs> in the situation room. All you the imagine time. being in that room? Oh my God. Like, that I mean, be...
1: but I really think that. You know, they wrote the series for Sam to look a little bit – or Sam's character to seem a bit more like Bartlett, Martin Sheen, and Josh to be more like Leo. It it, it really is the yin and yang of just balancing each other out and making, you know it, – it's Yeah, if, if, if they if, booted the show back up today, Sam would be president and um, oh, yeah. Josh
0: would be his chief of staff. You know, yeah, no and, doubt.
1: and it's like if – you have to think that like if Josh had left the White House and like went and worked on Sam's congressional campaign, Sam probably would have won.
0: Yeah. I can't believe like, that that's one by the way, we're talking about biggest mistakes before. The fact that Sam let Will Bailey go when it said Will's like I can't do this campaign, I'd be like, Listen, you smarmy little Nick Crow looking guy. Okay. <laughs> you got me into this. You won. You're great at this. How dare you not? I will Quit right now if you don't come with me on this campaign how did he let him go i don't understand like no. i mean i guess i also it, don't it was understand. armor it had to be for the story that they had to get obviously will into. yeah
1: but also i don't see how will leaves that like that was a you know some, and he, a, he a, loves
0: the fight you know the you know the uh like the little political campaign not the big idea stuff he likes
1: the little guy exactly so it kind of when you meet will and then he leaves you're kind of just I'm really confused more than anything else. Like, I don't understand why he, why he would have left that, especially if no. he won that campaign, and then someone's gonna step in for it. It's like, n- no, no, like, it makes, yeah. He, of it, I started <laughs> it this. I'm gonna finish money. this. By the way, it's so yeah.
0: funny. Uh, do you know he Josh Joshua Molina, who plays Will Bailey, has a podcast breaking down every West Wing episode. Oh God. I found it yesterday and today. Started listening to it. It's really good. It's really funny. And he basically he is Will Bailey. Do You know what I mean? He sounds like. I mean, like he has the same kind of mentality and kind of same snappiness and of his voice. It's fantastic.
1: He came in because he was on a sport night. Sports he was, night. Yeah, he's a was friend of. He's,
0: other- a, he's a friend of Sorkin. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Exactly. He. Uh, I mean, I don't think he's a great actor. I. I, I actually going to find uh, that podcast because I. I I really love his voice. I think he's got a great speaking voice, and uh, I've already really ripped through. Wanted... Th- I've already ripped through two or three of them. It's really good. And
0: even they bring on every character. Like there's an entire episode where they bring on Bradley Whitford to talk about, you know, everything. They bring on Richard Schiff. They bring on Rob Lowe. Like it's really, really good. And I think they got the rights for everything too, because they got the right music and all that good stuff.
1: Oh hell yeah!
0: Yeah, so definitely check that out. So anyone else out there, the West Wing podcast? Because who cares? I mean, you want to listen to content. I don't care if you want to listen to something. I, lo- I like. When I listen to something about one show, I want to listen to 30 things about that one show. You know, oh, you know. exactly. Just because you listen to that doesn't mean you can't listen to this. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And if you're already listening, we already got you and you're like an hour in, I don't care. It's fine. Yeah. So, all right, last one, most important one, who would win in an MMA
1: style fistfight? <laughs> I see that would be, I mean, they're both pretty, you know, well in shape. I I think that Josh does it though. Cause... Josh seems, Josh seems a little
0: bit, you know, uh he's got the hunger a little bit more. He's exactly. got the Exactly, he's got him.
1: that. We've have, we have seen him get physical. Yeah. Uh and so that's just we have more game tape to go off of. Rob Lowe I mean he's he's a little skinny and as a skinny guy, I'm allowed to say that, uh he just seems like he wouldn't be able to stop, you know, he'd get punched i don't think i don't think sam's been punched in the face before
0: yeah and i think josh is quite dirty too so wait the episode where they both stick up for charlie in the bar with zoe is it josh who uses the panic button or sam because i remember like sam was trying to throw down i think and josh
1: actually was smarter and pressed the panic button was that right i know i think what happened was uh sam hit the panic button and then walked over I think oh, he saw yeah, like yeah. the altercation happen, that was and smart. then, yeah, and then Josh stuff. walked over as well. So yeah, I remember that's how it plays out and that's a great scene. Oh, too. wonderful scene. Yeah. I, I mean, especially when they're in jail, like that's just absolutely hilarious. <laughs> yeah.
0: Charlie but, Young, give it a shout out to Duel Hill. Is
1: that his name? Duel? Is that Duel, right? Dooley Hill. Dooley Hill. Got it. Yeah. And there's that accent over the E. It but is. Yeah, I, it confuses he, me. He's one of, I mean, we could do a full podcast on, on charlie young oh my god he, we, we should yeah oh my god he his character especially the fact of i'm gonna date the president's daughter it's like not only are you the president's body man and like taking care of all of his stuff but you're gonna then go and date his daughter it's like he must have had gigantic balls well, yeah like, oh and the, the, the fact they were trying to give him the job he's
0: like no nah, i don't want it you know what i mean like oh my god and also i mean my favorite scene, I think, I was going to bring this up later for the favorite scenes in the entire uh, s- series, and my number one every time is Charlie getting the Paul Revere knife from President Bartlett.
1: Oh my god, that, that, you He's said like, that, and all the hair on my arm just stood straight up, that is one of my favorite all-time scenes
0: yeah and for someone who doesn't know uh basically the president's driving charlie crazy trying to get a proper cutting knife for cutting the turkey and you know he's investigating he knows like the diameters he knows the cut radiuses you know i mean like all the special stuff you would need to know like he becomes an expert basically in knives because the president's driving him nuts saying no this one's german i don't like the bubbling on this you know japanese one and charlie at the end's finally lost it he's like Why does it matter? You know what I mean? What the hell? Don't you have one already? And he's like, well, it's something you passed down from father to son and father to son. And now I'm passing the one I have to you. And he's like, well, I thought I knew all the brands. What's this PR? It's like, oh, it's by a silversmith in uh, Massachusetts. It's Paul Revere. And you're just like, holy shnikes. Like, (laughs) yeah, right in the heart. It just squeezes you. And it's so unexpected, too. You're like, oh, my
1: God. Because it makes so much
0: sense with Bartlett, too. Just that his family's old school, you know, Mayflower kind of vibes.
1: That scene is great. Yep. and then the scene where uh, Bartlett names CJ the new uh, chief of staff. Ooh, that's I a good absolutely one. That's a good Love one. when when he's just like CJ. I'm gonna have to do something. What's that? He's like, I need you to jump off a bridge. Jump yeah. off, bridge. like, yeah, okay, absolutely.
0: Or were there uh, messing with uh, Toby about the uh, speeches? I mean, for for the uh, debate that the President Bartlett's lost it. And they all oh, bet yeah. ten dollars whether he's going to say anything or not. Really funny. I love that. That
1: story. or uh, when they have all those actors go to the, the, polls, uh, for the polls for yeah. Josh.
0: Yeah, and just like they don't know how to vote, and it's driving Josh crazy. They're they're actually they're pretty practical joker. There's a lot of friendship and camaraderie, almost like fraternal kind of vibes. Oh to, yeah.
1: yeah, When uh when they have uh the turkeys delivered into CJ's office. That's oh yeah, great. I, f-
0: I forget the two names of them. He she names them both, or yeah. It's so oh funny. yeah.
1: And then one of my other uh, favorite episodes is, it's like right when Will gets to the White House and they're kind of still not frosting him yet. And uh, he's throwing, Toby throws the ball against the window and everything. He's like, when I throw the ball against the window, like you come, he's like, aren't you afraid about breaking the window? And he's like, no. I only do it when I'm really mad. And then when Will grabs the ball, he goes back into his office and he throws it at the window and the window just shatters. Yeah, it yeah. It's like, that's never happened before. Yeah, yeah, it's like, that is a statement right there.
0: Or I love uh, when the president's doing the second uh, presidential uh, debate when uh, Abby cuts his tie a minute before. Uh, oh, that's great. And she says, I think she says this line. I, I want to say this to someone in my life. It's like, I love you so much. I think my head's going to fly off. I'm like, who says that or talks like that? that's she, great
1: or even in that scene uh they you know he he throws uh josh's tie off and kisses her on the cheek and then like slaps her on the ass and walks out yeah stage. seriously yeah <laughs> it's the those two their relationship uh president bartlett and abby oh my god I, oh yeah I, I it's so unbelievable and so i think I
0: think, I, I think that's why the show resonates so much is that they don't get that much into the personal relationships, but it's more about the friendships and how they deal with this job on a person to person basis. It's not like, you know, love triangles and passion and like stuff that would be on scandal, but it's kind of like, how do you deal with such an important job and still stay sane with your friends and your loved ones? Absolutely, I completely agree. It's it's perfect TV. Yeah, there we go. I mean, what else is there to say except I think what's next? yeah (laughs) yeah, if
1: if i could edit i would cue that music in right now just that little like (laughs) (laughs) it's the the loud the the play out music the end credits music might be the loudest thing like that or the office intro theme might be the loudest like change of sound between uh what happens on tv in the credits because like it's so jarring watching, yeah i'll watch it in late in bed and then all of a sudden it cuts to the credits and it just gets like 10 times louder and i'm just like oh no <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's always so happy so some of the episodes end pretty rough and then they have this little happy kind of float away music it's bizarre you know as a change but i think we've covered everything and i think i think we've analyzed pretty good so i think we need to come on and do this, you know, once every couple of weeks, just take a show and just break it down. This is fun.
1: You had fun. Uh, I had a blast, man. I'm very, thank you so much for having me on here today and I am down to talk TV with you anytime. Yeah. So the
0: inaugural guest and, you know, like Bill Simmons, every hundred episodes, you know, revisits heat, maybe every hundred episodes we'll revisit the West wing. Uh, there will always be something new that we oh pick my up God. talk we could, about. Yeah. So. F- I mean, we could sit on a desert island and, you know, five years from now, we'd still have stuff to talk about. Absolutely. All right, wonderful, Steve. Well, thanks so much. And everyone, thanks for listening. So signing off for now.